Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. Welcome back to the podcast, Janet. And thank you for running the pharmacy and keeping the pharmacy um, going as when we still do this podcast. So we are super excited to have Ashley Grog on our podcast today. We actually met her at a medical freedom conference in Phoenix a few weeks back. And we are super excited to have her talk about vaccine injury and moral injury. And you'll find out more about what that is, too, because um, it was kind of a new term to me also. So, Ashley, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you guys again. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to our show. And give us a little bit of your background. Well, I I have a an interesting story. Um, I'm a, a master's prepared registered nurse, started out in cardiac care, worked for over 10 years specializing in heart failure. Um, all of my patients were towards end of life. And it was a really interesting transition because, you know, I... Growing up, my parents or my grandparents had always used herbs and I I wanted to become a nurse because I saw the care that they received in hospice. So entry into nursing was not your typical, I don't think, path. Hospice is really directed at at keeping the patient comfortable. It's about meeting their needs, you know, on a holistic perspective. And that carried through. And that's what I wanted to do as a nurse. And I ended up in cardiac care, which was completely, you know, different. It's life prolonging. Uh, A lot of times I felt like I was torturing my patients. And we ended up having a personal experience in which I come to realize that vaccines weren't safe and effective, period. (laughs) And that was a very difficult transition for me. That happened in 2013, I think. And um, so it was a really difficult situation. And I was vaccinating patients and I hadn't heard about the the VAERS system, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. I didn't know it existed until about 10 years into my career, which is wild um, because healthcare professionals are are mandated reporters. You know, my story went on and I kind of stayed in the closet as far as, you know, not vaccinating our children um, was pretty outspoken about the flu vaccine and things like that because the efficacy is so poor. But in the field that I was in, it was very hard for me to discuss these things because I was so well respected by my peers. Um, you know, anytime there was a problem, I was the expert. But when it came to vaccines, I was crazy. And so that was a really interesting and difficult you know, time, eventually moved into a more holistic role outside of the hospital. And then in 2020, founded Hoosiers for Medical Liberty, which is the state nonprofit fighting for people's rights to accept or decline vaccination. And, um, you know, as COVID rolled through, it, it was terrible for me to watch as the vaccine rollout came out, because we started hearing early on about the cases of myocarditis and pericarditis in especially the younger population, which was pretty much unheard of. Um, and, and that triggered in me this, okay, I've got to do something more. What I'm doing is not enough. Um, and I, I've been working legislatively getting, you know, bills passed to prevent vaccine passports and to do exemptions, um, all sorts of things, but I wanted to do something more. And I thought, you know, one of the most neglected things, one of the, the, the areas that we could have done a lot better for our patients is educating on VAERS, what the vaccine adverse event reporting system was. Because with cardiac issues, inflammation 
the quicker you intervene and the quicker that you help support that patient, the better their outcomes are. And we didn't have that. It was really disheartening to watch that all unfold. And so I began creating the VAERS project, um, created education for medical professionals on VAERS. And because I figured <clears throat> there were others like me who, who didn't know what VAERS was. And that has led me on this amazing and beautiful journey to recognizing moral injury and, and all the things. So that's kind of how it all started. Well, wow, that's quite a story. And I can tell you from you know, being a pharmacist that used to vaccinate patients, thousands of patients, I had never never heard of VAERS until two or three years ago. And I, I, I'm embarrassed to say that. And I I think I'm not one of the only ones that know that didn't know about that. It's interesting. We, we, we learned how to, you know, about the vaccines and we learned about how to give the vaccines, yet we don't learn about that. I think that's a pretty important step. Yeah, I totally agree. And when I started this, so I, I don't have a lot of time to waste. I've got four children, we homeschool, you know, <laughs> doing this whole nonprofit thing and legislation and all the things. And so I didn't really want to embark on something that wasn't an issue. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to do some research first. Um, so I put together a survey, about 20 questions, um, and, and asked medical professionals within my circles to complete it. And so this was a really good mix of individuals. I, I had a lot of um, risk aware you know, friends. And I also have a lot of people who still work in the Western medicine paradigm and, you know, ask people, okay, are you aware of theirs? And 68% said, yes, they had a working knowledge. 6% said, um, no, they had never heard of it. And there's like 24% or something, um, that said they'd heard of it, but didn't know much more about it. And I thought, golly, that's a lot of people that actually do know about theirs. And then, you know, I was looking at the results and the next question, those, those statistics were from a hundred nurses in Indiana. So statistical significance there, but those numbers did not really change a whole lot across the board because I had pharmacists, chiropractors, naturopaths. I had, um, let's see some physicians and I had them identify whether they were OD or MD and just tried to get the whole gamut of the medical profession. I had a physical therapist, occupational therapist, and those numbers didn't matter what profession they really stay the same. And when I asked if you needed to, would you know where to file a VAERS report? And, um, 76% said no, or got the answer wrong. And that, to me, kind of negates that 68% working knowledge of theirs because you don't know where to go to report, then how do you, you know, how do you have a working knowledge? So we're not, we're not alone. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things is when you are taught that there is no risk, when you're not told about what theirs is, because it's... There are misconceptions on any area of the spectrum of, of vaccine risk aware, whether you're completely oblivious or whether you are hard-nosed, no vaccines, they should be abolished type person. Regardless of where you fall on that spectrum, there are, there are misconceptions about theirs. And that was another really difficult thing is I really want to, I want to unite all these people and say, okay, why are we all doing this? Why are we arguing over this? Well, it's because we care about our families. 
We all want the health and wellness of our children. And so let's work to make sure that vaccines are the safest they can be for those who want them. And let's talk about ways that we can help support people who don't want vaccines um, and how we can all live together and, and keep moving forward with our lives, respecting each other. Absolutely. Janet, what questions do you have about theirs or for Ashley? Well, um, I'm going to jump into the moral injury because this was a term Sean and I discussed that we hadn't heard of until we met you. So let's dive into what moral injury is. Uh, moral injury is when you either do that. Honestly, it's a convoluted topic and I, there are lots of different definitions. So the way I like to explain it is just saying something happened that goes against your morals or your beliefs and you carry guilt or shame as a result. And sometimes it starts out as moral distress where something happens and you know how sometimes scenarios replay in your mind or you just like can't let go of that um, issue. That's moral distress. And when it moves into that space of now I'm carrying guilt and shame, maybe I'm avoiding similar situations. Maybe I'm struggling to do my job duties, those sorts of things. That's moral injury. Um, and it was because of the VAERS project that I actually recognized that I had experienced significant moral injury. Um, and so that, that was a pretty amazing and it's still part of my healing journey. I'm working on writing a book on this right now because I think it's pervasive. I think everybody as a result of the COVID pandemic response has experienced moral injury where they did something, whether it was right or wrong, and they have guilt over it because in that moment, let's just talk about the way people in nursing homes were treated. You know, we completely isolated those individuals. They weren't able to interact with each other. They weren't inter able to interact with their friends and family. You know, we have these barriers. They're going in. The caregivers are gowned and gloved and masked. And, you know, it it's very, it's inhumane. I mean, let's be honest. And people thought in those moments they, they were doing the right thing. And then grandma dies of a broken heart and loneliness or maybe her care wasn't the best. And you made the best decision you could in those moments, right? But it still went against your moral compass because you isolated and let grandma die alone. Um, and that's, I think that's one of the, the biggest struggles is we're gonna see the degradation of morals. People are gonna use negative coping mechanisms. They're going to put up barriers. They're going to stop, um, stop connecting with people. And I think we've seen this as a result of COVID that just that separation between human beings. Um, and I think it's going to perpetuate, and this is a real risk for humanity. This is a real risk for the moral fiber of, of humanity in general, I would say our country, but I think it's the world that's really at risk here. So is there any where can people that, that might have some questions about moral injury or about, you know, what happened during the pandemic and they might feel guilty? Is there any is there any kind of support group or at all that they can reach out? Right now, I am working on getting that set up. Um, there's most of what has been done in regards to moral injury is research in war veterans. This dates back even even earlier than that in the 80s. It was in regards to nursing in general and not being able to provide care. But nobody has taken this outside of either war 
or frontline workers. There's some information and research in the mainstream about nurses, about social workers, about, you know, police and firefighters, but they're not taking it that next step. So if people want updates on that, they can go to my website. It's, um, wtajourney.com and they can sign up for updates. Um, I'm going to be working on some workshops where we can talk about it, we can discuss it. And a lot of the treatment for moral injury is, is just talking about it. It's coming to terms with this is something that happened and I can't change it. But now moving forward, these are the things I'm going to do to prevent this from happening again. Maybe there are are situations in which you would need to apologize for, but it's just, it's coming to the understanding that you're still going to be accepted as part of the community um, and loved and appreciated and you're not looked down upon. So um, once I get the, once I get the book done, we'll have a little bit more, we'll have more resources for individuals because it's just, there's nothing out there. This is such a, a novel topic for the general population right now. That's what I hope to provide is, is that support because people are suffering. So what's the name of your book and when can we expect it? Um, I'm hoping to have it out in the first quarter of 2024. And the, the title initially was going to be moral injury, the dangerous undercurrent of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I'm working on that. It's going to be interesting to see what that shakes out to be because in doing interviews with people and talking with them, they're not necessarily focusing and recalling issues isolated to COVID, but it's going back much further. Um, it's their personal experiences. Uh, one of the, the stories that I tell in the book is about uh, a woman whose father was in an accident and he was cared for in the hospital. And they said that there's nothing else that, that we can do for you, for your father. And they changed him over to an organ donor and he had such different care. And she really dives into how that hurt her because not only was she the caregiver for her father, the decision maker for her father, but she was a nurse and she couldn't understand why he received so much better care, such higher quality of care. Um, And we dive into each of these little scenarios and situations and it's gone so much deeper. And I, I really, I feel sorry for people because they're, they're carrying this weight on their back and it's difficult and there's not really anywhere you can turn to. How do you have these conversations? How do you admit these things? Um, so I, I, I'm not sure if that's going to be the title now. I've got to have uh, an editor look it over and kind of decide what we're going to do and how we're going to shift that. Um, but it will, it will definitely be, there will be the title of moral injury in there um, somehow. What's the time frame of the book? Uh, for coming out, hopefully yeah, the first quarter, the quarter, I would oh, like to okay. have it done by the first quarter. So we're, we're wrapping up um, some of the final editing and, and things like that. I got to get a, give it a good work over and then it'll come out via Amazon. I'm self-publishing, um, which has been an interesting experience. And I'm, I'm really thankful for some mentors that I've had along the way because <laughs> it's not something I expected to be doing. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I can tell you by personally self-publishing a book on Amazon also, I, I've been to the same process in, in 2018, 19, and it is a lot of work for sure. And let yeah. me tell you, once the book releases, the work just starts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, it's been okay. such a struggle because I'm trying to balance all these things. And I was really hoping to have it done by the time we were in Arizona. Um, but the balance between working legislatively um, and, and handling all these different things and VAERS, it's been a wild, wild ride. And I don't know. I don't know how I'm getting all this stuff done, but it's getting done and God keeps putting it at my feet. So I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to do this because I feel like moral injury is such a pervasive problem. And I struggled for years as a nurse with moral injury and I didn't realize it. It's always blown off as burnout or stress or whatever. And again, I think that translates into everyday life we have these situations where it's impossible to make a choice. We're, we're faced with two impossible decisions and you don't know until you have the benefit of hindsight to look back and say, okay, yes, this is the way I should have gone. So this, this has to get out there and it has to get out there fast. Um, but I also want it to be well done because I'm, I'm sure it's going to be uh, a continued process for humanity. So, Jenna, what more questions do you have for Ashley before we wrap this podcast up? So, Ashley, I, your goal of um, educating people on VAERS legislation, is it is it difficult? Are people receptive? Or, or how is that playing out for you? So, I try to come at things from a very fact-based perspective. I don't like a lot of gray area. And what's been interesting is when I first started with the VAERS education um is I, my sister and I are on opposite ends of that spectrum that I talk about. She's had multiple boosters. I've had none, you know, all, all the things, but I wrote that initial education and it's written. It's, it's actually continuing education for nurses. Nurses can get three contact hours. Um, I've made the education freely available on bearsproject.com. If you do want the contact hours, you do have to pay for that. But uh, my my intent was to make it just the facts. Like I don't want any any political <coughs> or personal bias. Excuse me. <coughs> well, that's that makes sense because really reporting shouldn't be a bias on any end. It should be whether something happened or not. So it's just gathering information and reporting it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't you okay there? there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to read about it. <laughs> Man, that got me. But I so my Ashley, as, we wind, as we wind this podcast up, tell us what you have a passion for. Loving people. I, I just want to create a space where we can provide healing, where people have the opportunity, excuse me, <laughs> where people have the opportunity to make those informed decisions, to be respected, um, and to do what's best for their families. I mean, that's what this all comes down to. And finding that place where we can have these discussions without it turning into an argument is so, so very important. And if anybody has any questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You mentioned a website earlier. Is that the best way? They can either reach out through theirsproject.com, through wtajourney.com. Those are both great ways um, to get a hold of me. Happy to answer any questions that people have. And as I am um, able to release 
the different resources for moral injury, I'd be happy to do that. But I really encourage you, if you've had a vaccine adverse event or you, you think you might have had a reaction, please go to bearsproject.com. There's an education sheet there. You can download it all for free. Um, and you can use that to educate your providers on what VAERS is and take some of the conflict out of that. I think I gave you guys some of those sheets, um, but it gives you the opportunity to say, hey, just so you know, I don't know if it was a reaction or not, but I, I had this health problem occur after vaccination. I made a report. I just want you to be aware. So that way, if VAERS does contact you, you have the appropriate information to respond to their questions. And I, I think being able to move out of that politicized, polarized, you know, zone is what is really going to be helpful for patients. So that way they can have these conversations, open those doors and not feel like they're going to be berated and belittled by their allopathic providers who really struggle with what VAERS is, what adverse events can happen um, and how to handle them from there. Absolutely. Well, Ashley, our goal of this podcast is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And you've helped us realize that goal today. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I love the work that you guys are doing and I look forward to continuing to work with you. Sounds good. Let's stay in touch. And listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Uh, tune in Thursday to our midweek scheduled podcast, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Uh, Thursday. It'll be Janet and I, and we'll be talking about healthy hair. We get a lot of questions about how to keep your hair healthy as we age. Uh, you don't want to miss that. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. 